podcast with everybody here. Um, and I wanted to welcome everybody in the Rover Sports. Uh, today, I'm going to talk about something that I think is pretty fascinating that not a lot of other people are talking about. And that's that Baker Mayfield, he, um, he took a flight and uh, apparently I'm sitting in a chair that's too small for my own good. But Baker Mayfield, how about that? That even looks better. Okay. Baker Mayfield took a flight um, from Los Angeles to Indianapolis, and he took it with Sean McVay. Uh, he hopped on a flight. He saw Sean McVay was sitting by himself, and he basically sat next to Sean McVay, which apparently you can do. Um, if I were, I don't get why all the other general managers don't just take flights with players. Um, but I guess it's not a big deal because the Rams supposedly have Jared Goff. So no one in the free world thinks that they're going to trade for Baker Mayfield. But, and this is just me, honestly, if I had a choice between Jared Goff or Baker Mayfield, I'm not thinking twice. I'm drafting Baker Mayfield. Now I know that Baker Mayfield hasn't played it down in the NFL yet, but if we go back 12 months ago when Jared Goff couldn't get a first down in Jeff Fisher's offense, Nobody wanted Jared Goff on their football team. Everybody thought Jared was awful. They thought that he had no talent. They were going to take Carson Wentz over him. Everybody was just ready to move on from Jared Goff. Even the Rams were considering, um, you know, taking another quarterback. Are you even rolling with Jared Goff or you're not? I mean, this was a guy who, who was awful just a year ago, and a lot was due maybe to Jeff Fisher's offense, and people will point to, well, nobody can succeed in, uh, in Jeff Fisher's offense. Well, what I wanted to say about Jared Goff is that Jared Goff had an okay season. I mean, Todd Gurley carried that offense. He had Sammy Watkins, who played pretty well, and he has the best coach offensively in the NFL. I mean, the, the only other coach offensively that's better is Kyle Shanahan. Sean McVay is the second best offensive coach. And then you can maybe throw Doug Peterson in as maybe the third best offensive coach in the NFL. Although Doug Peterson had Frank Reich and John Filippo to help him out. And also, um, what I was going to say is that, you know, Doug Peterson also has Carson Wentz, Zach Ertz, and he has all these supporting players, but I still put Doug Peterson in my top three. I'm not sure that Doug Peterson can continue to sustain the success that he has had. I think he could be a flash in a pan because he doesn't run the ball as much as Kyle Shanahan and McVay. I think McVay and, and Shanahan are going to have better careers than Doug Peterson. I'm pretty firm in that belief. Now, here's the thing about the Rams. The Rams, you guys with Jared Goff next year, you have no chance of repeating as NFC West champions. I'm just telling you this right now. The Niners and Jimmy Garoppolo are going to smack you around next year. Jimmy Garoppolo is about 10 times the player that Jared Goff will ever be. Jared Goff, Jared Goff can't even lick the feet of one Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy's never lost. Kyle Shanahan is just as smart as Sean McVay. And even though Aaron Donald's a good player, even though you have Marcus Peters, who's a problem child, who's a pretty good cornerback, 
the Rams aren't beating the Niners next year in their own division. So that would mean that the Rams are going to have to win games in the playoffs on the road. And you guys got to host a home playoff game Saturday night. And you hosted an inconsistent team with a terrible offensive coordinator, a team that just barely snuck into the playoffs with an offensive coordinator who has no idea what he's doing. And you went out and you and you basically vomited on the freaking canvas. You wet the bed in a crazy, crazy way. You completely threw up all over the house and then you threw up again. Pharaoh Cooper was abysmal. You guys couldn't stop the run to save your damn life. You didn't have the football at all. And now I know you guys in the comment section are going to say, well, it's not Jared Goff's fault. Well, Jared Goff didn't exactly play an unbelievable game. I know I know Cooper Cup also played poorly, but looking at Jared Goff this year, I mean, the Rams had a very easy schedule. They played the Colts. Uh, they, they played at the Tennessee Titans. They went to Jacksonville, who I guess is a pretty good team. But you guys also played the, the Colts week one. Pretty bad team. So. Just looking here at what the Rams uh, had to had to deal with, it, it was a very good season. But the bottom line is that Jared Goff, I would take Baker Mayfield over Jared Goff any day, and I would trade Jared Goff for the fourth overall pick in this year's draft. And I would and I would retain my draft pick, which might be at seven, it might be at twenty three. Um, so you get the 23rd overall pick uh, if you need any any offensive line help. And I'd insert Baker Mayfield in there. I don't get all this. In, I mean, I do get why people love Jared Goff, but the same people that are loving Jared Goff just 12 months ago were hating on Jared Goff. If you watch Jared Goff, the guy has tiny hands. He has minimal arm strength. He has a really long windup. And unless he's hitting guys wide open down the field, He's pretty much ineffective. I mean, Kirk Cousins is twice the quarterback Jared Goff is. And once NFL defenses get their hold on this Sean McVay offense, Jared Goff is going to be tamed and kept in check. It's just like when Dak Prescott went off for a big year. Everybody was all over Dak Prescott. And everybody wanted a piece of Dak and Zeke. But without Zeke Elliott, what happened to Dak Prescott? He looked like a third rounder or fourth rounder last year. He slumped. He didn't dictate play at all. And Baker Mayfield is going to be an, a tremendous championship winner type of player at the NFL level, a guy who's never failed in his college career. And, and Baker Mayfield is faster than Jared Goff, has better improvising skills, has a much quicker release, much more competitive, fiery, hates to lose a lot more than Jared Goff. Jared Goff is calm and, and, and apathetic and all these sort of things. And, and Jared Goff has a long release, very slow in the pocket. If you put a finger on him, he's going down. And Baker Mayfield just has a lot more big play potential, has a lot stronger arm, can make more exciting splash plays. And Baker Mayfield would be almost unstoppable with Sean McVay. But instead, what's going to happen is you're going to have Jared Goff there. Sean McVay doesn't really love Jared Goff. He never really handpicked Jared Goff. Jared Goff's upside is very minimal compared to a lot of prospects in the NFL. And the Rams are going to be pretty good. They're going to be pretty good because Wade Phillips is good. They're going to be good because Aaron Donald is good and Ogletree's good and Tremaine Johnson and Joyner and all their players um, are good. And, and 
And basically their coaching staff is very, very good. And Les Snead benefits from the coaching staff as well because he was part of the Jeff Fisher group and he's been elevated by a young genius like Sean McVay. So, you know, essentially the Rams are going to be favored to win the NFC West. They're not going to win the NFC West. We're going to be having this conversation in two years when the Rams will not win any playoff games at all. Maybe they'll win one and get to the divisional round, I'd be shocked if they're hosting an NFC championship. And if they ever win the NFC, I'll put my hand up and say I was dead wrong. And you could call me a hot take artist, because frankly, if you're not bringing any takes to the table, why the hell would anybody be listening to you? You got to put your neck out there in this business, okay? If you want to be a guy talking sports, we talk sports because it's fun to talk sports. It's fun to argue about things that in the grand scheme of life don't exactly mean life or death. Basically, sports is a hobby. Sports is fun. Sports is where we go to escape the, the uh, difficult and stressful things of life. It's the toy chest of life. So you could call me a hot take guy. Yes, you can hate on Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith, and you can hate on Shannon Sharp, but those guys every single day have to be creative enough to grab attention of millions of people. And those guys make millions of dollars. And it basically, if I were to have a son, a daughter, if I were to have a child, I would tell them that you can go out and emulate these millionaires and talk sports and have a great time and, 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 and basically enjoy yourself for a living and also come up with creative hot takes. And I really believe this full heartedly, like some takes, I don't even need to say, like, I believe Carson Wentz is good, or I believe that Saquon Barkley would be a great pick for the Giants and that he's a very good player, or that I believe Trey White was a good rookie pick. A lot of takes, you know, I agree with mainstream media on a lot of things, um, but I'm going to try to keep it authentic on this channel and on my podcast, and I believe that Jared Goff is supremely overrated. And if you want to win a championship and be special like the 49ers are going to do, why should you just stick with having at the most important position in sports? Why should you overpay a guy that's not Sean McVay's guy that has minimal upside? Because your team, the LA Rams, is in position to do something so, so special. And you don't want to have the most important position in sports hold you back from achieving and obtaining that goal, which is an NFC West title, but then more importantly, winning games in January and getting to a Super Bowl. And I know that this is all very new for the Rams fans that are out there. This feeling of success they haven't had since Marshall Falk and the greatest show on turf days. But I supremely believe that Sean McVay in his heart of hearts, if he was put on a lie detector and he could and, and you basically told him you could have Baker Mayfield or Jared Goff, he would take Baker Mayfield over Jared Goff as well. Jared's a nice kid. Jared Goff and I would get along if we did a podcast. If Jared Goff would get upset at this video because I'm insulting him over his play, well, then Jared Goff, unfortunately, probably would get mad at a lot of other people as well. And heck, if Jared Goff proves me wrong, I'll be the first one. I'll be happy to say I'm wrong because the kid couldn't be more likable. The Rams really 
they're a likable team. I know I have a lot of Niners fans on here. The LA Rams are a likable, likable team. Sean McVay, Wade Phillips, Goff, Todd Gurley, um, the guy from Pittsburgh, the defensive player of the year. Um, Aaron Donald is great. I mean, it's a classy, good group of guys that just buy in and do their thing. And uh, they're taking in Marcus Peters. They have a lot of work to be done. But that's just my honest take on the matter. And who knows if you guys will watch this 12-minute video, you'll leave a comment. Do whatever you do. But I saw the news that Baker Mayfield took a flight with, with Sean McVay. And I'm sure Sean McVay was thinking that as well because that's what, that's what I was thinking. Trade for the fourth overall pick. Trade Goff to Cleveland and watch Goff do nothing. And then watch Baker Mayfield just flourish. It's a business. You got to make decisions in the NFL. You got to make hard line decisions. And Goff stock is never going to be higher. That's my honest opinion. I hope Goff is healthy. I'm curious to see how he does. But that's just my honest take on the matter. And you could say, I'm done. I'm unfollowing you. I'm not taking you seriously. Go ahead and do that. Do that. And... um I'm just going to keep on saying what I think. All right. So I'm taking Mayfield over Goff, and I'm not thinking again. Less need. Do it. I, I would be impressed if you did it. I doubt in a million years you would do it. But hey, Jared Goff, big season. I just don't know. In fact, I do know. To come back to the podcast here. For you guys listening here on iTunes, in about 20 minutes, I'll be interviewing Saints insider Deuce Bingham, and he works on a Louisiana radio station. He's one of the best in the business. Uh, Deuce watched uh, his Saints have an amazing year. NFC South champions, a team with Drew Brees that had a terrific year. Colby Fleener, Ted Ginn, Michael Thomas, uh, the guys, a great offensive line, Kamara and Ingram, and a team that came back from a second-half deficit in a playoff game in Minnesota and nearly won and nearly got to an NFC championship. Also a team that managed to beat the Carolina Panthers three times and a team that at 0-2, nobody expected the Saints to get to the point of possibly making a Super Bowl again. And that's credit to Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton. And we're going to talk to Deuce Bingham. We're going to talk to him for quite a while. Um, coming up at about 8 o'clock, he's going to join us for about 15 to 20 minutes. And that's going to be a separate episode of our podcast. Uh, lastly, what I wanted to say here is I got five more minutes here to record this little segment of Rover Sports is I listened already to a couple of press conferences from the Combine, and John Gruden was absolutely great in his presser today. He talked about how Amari Cooper is going to be the focal point of the offense for Oakland and how they're going to get him the football. But really, John Gruden expressed something with the CBA and the collective bargaining agreement that really makes a lot of sense. John Gruden said that basically coaches should have the ability to talk to players. And if you're a new head coach, you don't get the ability to talk to any players. That's a big, big, big problem. 
And John Gruden's trying to get to know these guys. He's trying to get to know Marshawn Lynch, trying to get to know all these guys. Um, but I think that that was a good problem that he brought up. He brought out the respect of Philadelphia. He gave Doug Peterson tons of credit. He knows the league really well. He talked about how Paul Gunford developed linebackers and how for each game, Paul Gunford is a great coach on the day-to-day -day of controlling the um, – controlling the line of scrimmage and, and basically how his game day planning, how his improvisation is pretty fantastic. So John Gruden went out and he spoke about that as well. So Grudenator did a fantastic, fantastic job in his presser today. And Amari Cooper is going to have a nice season. And he also talked about John Gruden also today. One of my favorite quotes, too, <laughs> is that he kept on talking about GPS tracking devices and how he didn't give a rat's ass about technology. And for that, I applaud him because John Gruden is going back to the traditional values of football. He's going back to what he knows best, and he's bringing the game back to 11 on 11, hardcore running of the football. And that is just music to my damn ears. Um, John Gruden sticking true to his roots complimenting Derek Carr and basically Amari Cooper couldn't have been more excited to listen to what John Gruden had to say today. It was interesting how John Gruden referred to Reggie McKenzie. He said Reggie and his staff. Usually you don't see a head coach talk about a general manager and say Reggie and his staff, meaning like usually as a head coach, you're talking about your general manager and you're lockstep with that individual. But instead, John Gruden is like, well, Reggie and his staff over there is doing this while I'm doing this. It seems like everybody's fending for themselves in Oakland right now, which is interesting because if you talk to Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia and you talk to Mike Vrabel and John Robinson, those guys are doing it in another fashion. Those guys are completely the polar opposite of what John and Reggie are doing out in Oakland. I mean, John Lynch and Kyle, they're so different than John and Reggie are in Oakland. I mean, those two guys, who knows if they'll even be in the same draft room? Who knows if they'll be eating the same draft meal? will be at the same restaurant. Who the hell knows? Who knows how long Reggie McKenzie's going to be around? But clearly, you could see the power in that organization is Mark, John, and Reggie's out on an island doing his own little scouting fang. So that's Oakland. Other pressers I need to hear today. Other pressers. I'm excited to hear Vrabel, John Robinson, Frank Reich, and Chris Ballard. Chris Ballard's a beast. He handled the McDaniel situation perfectly. Pass interference. It's changing to fifth. 15 yards is a beautiful, beautiful decision for the NFL. Finally, we don't have to see quarterbacks just chucking up the football and praying for the best to happen. Finally, finally, because that's all 
that it was. I mean, you just rewarded dumb luck by putting it at the one yard line. You guaranteed a touchdown. If his defender has his back to the quarterback, quarterback just throws ball in air. Defender panics. It's it's rewarded a touchdown, even though the ball could be nowhere close to the receiver. It's a lot harder to catch a football than to sell a cornerback running into the back of you. And, and basically, it's just dumb luck. The quarterback just throws the ball in the air, and you're rewarding dumb luck in such an in such a substantial way that it was complete bullshit and the college game got it right the college game got it right with 15 yard penalties and now you hear the brushback oh well the Seahawks are just gonna mug people it's 15 yards why aren't they doing personal fouls because 15 yards that still means something but it doesn't mean a damn touchdown so I'm really happy that they finally made that decision other cuts in the NFL John Stewart gets cut uh, from the from the Carolina Panthers, Muhammad Wilkerson making too much money, being lazy. He gets cut. Who knows if he'll be signed like a Marcel Darius somewhere? I don't know. I don't know who would sign him. And uh, that's what's going on right now in the NFL. A lot of GMs, a lot of coach speak, a lot of cliches. Well, Matt Patricia said, though, that was interesting today for the Lions. He said that he doesn't mind throwing the ball 50 times to win a game. And as a head coach, I want somebody to dictate play. Like as an offensive coordinator, I would want to have a balance, meaning 25 and 25. I would never want my quarterback throwing it more than 35 times. That's letting the defense just completely tell you what to do. I mean, would you want to throw the ball five yard, five little passes? I mean, what Doug Peterson does so well is that he dictates to a defense. He attacks a defense. He says the defense, you're my bitch today, and I'm going to slap you around like a ragdoll. That's what the elite offensive coaches do. And for Matt Patricia, I know that it's interesting to not have a 4-3, to not have a 3-4 defense. But, bro, I mean, if you're going out throwing 50 times a game with Matt Stafford with Jim Bob Cooter, I mean, I don't think that that's going to win too many ball games. If I was a defensive coordinator, I'd welcome just having my cornerbacks just railroad receivers to the ground and, and having Matt Stafford just have to dump the ball off every single play. I mean, that's why I'm not a huge fan of the Jim Bob Cooter offense as everybody else's because he hasn't developed a running game at all, and there's no really internal toughness in, uh, in, in with the Lions, and that's why they're inconsistent because I know Abdul has been hurt but they haven't had a stable running back and they haven't had a stable running game. So it's time to see them get guards, time to see them get physical in the trenches. And we're going to see if Matt Patricia can do that. Do I honestly believe Matt Patricia is going to be a success in the NFL? A thousand percent. Yes, I really do. Uh, I think Matt Patricia is going to be a success. Maybe not a thousand, but give me about 85%. You're listening to Rover Sports. On iTunes, 610 a.m. ESPN Radio, guys. Uh, got some more updates from the Combine. Deuce Bingham is going up. Listen to the Pigskin Pete interview today. He talked about Dave Gentleman and everything to go along with that. With that, we'll see you all.